You are listening to Brigade Radio 1. Welcome to another episode of uh, Anti-Social Show, a show that firmly believes uh, that Mark Hamill should finally play Chucky. I am Hunter Block, and he is... Tyson Saner. Hello, Tyson. Hello, Hunter. And oh, um, So people who have joined us on the video uh, can see that, that Marty Yu has joined us, if they what? know who Joe Marty Yu is. And yes, we're running video this time. So if you like, Marty, I can actually blur this side, because I realized I don't know if I mentioned that at any point. I mean, I, I'm not wearing my usual wig uh, and uh, pres- facials prosthetic, but I, I will go along with this if, if, however you want to do it. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, we could all wear wigs. If I, if I, if I had one, I'm sure I've got something around here that will pass Wait, you wear, you wear a wig? Uh, just a little toop on the front, you know. A toop. I like that. That's, yeah. That's, uh, uh, okay, so on the, <laughs> something always makes me think of something else. Um, the roast of William Shatner, Comedy Central about, uh, God, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago now. Um, mm. George Takei. I know it's Takei because he gave a speech at the roast and say he said, it's, Takei, it rhymes with toupee. Said that to Shatner. So now it's like I never forgot it because of that. So, so when you said toupe, it's just, you know, ping, ping, pong, pong. There's a thought that's not relevant to anybody but me. So Now, now was George actually roasting uh, William Shatner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. his balls and stuff. So yes, did, you, was... did you see this one, uh, Marty? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was very, very funny. He's a very funny man. And, I mean, I know that he has a, a, a whole team that works on his Twitter but he's still a very funny man, and I I had the the honor of meeting him once, and he could not have been more kind and friendly and nice. That's fantastic. So, it's always yeah. nice to hear something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, at least he's a guy you actually can meet. That's a celebrity, you know. They say don't meet your heroes, <laughs> but you know apparently George is a guy that you can meet. It's a good so, yeah, it's great. I was uh, I, I told talked about this on the podcast, uh, my podcast uh, this week, but. Uh, I went to the Ren Fair this past weekend in in Los Angeles, and uh, my friend said, "Oh, that's uh, I think there was a maze there." And they said, "Oh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine uh, went into that maze." We think, and then um, my niece my niece was there, and and she's a huge guitarist, and she's a big Tom Morello fan, so she got so excited, and sure enough, it was Tom Morello. She just like attacked him. 
and he could not have been friendlier or nicer and posed for photos. He, he was he was amazing. So nice. It, yeah, it's really cool. What he was doing? Yeah. What was he doing in the maze? Was it? Uh, well, I guess traversing. Oh, it, he, I suppose he was uh, solving it with his his children, you know, or his uh, son and his son's friend, and yeah, cool. So, Very yeah. Cool. See now. That's see, that's awesome. It's and and Tyson, I'm sorry. You're, I know you're going to bleep me out on this one, but it's just nice to know that you know when someone becomes famous, they don't become like an utter asshole because some people can become assholes. You know, they think like, you know, wh- why do I need to cater to you? You know, you're just the fan, and you know, I'm who I am. So it's you know, you're going to like me regardless of how I am. You well, know? the Ren Fair is a very special place where people uh, act how they act and it's pretty cool nice i uh, always enjoyed going to uh events up here uh, associated with a group called the society for creative anachronisms sca sca and they had uh run festival type events and i don't know if they would ever refer to them as such but they definitely um seem to have the same vibe i think um there's now you no, should, i'm sorry go ahead there, there's no flag too freaky to fly like that it reminds, reminds me of Parliament for some reason. Uh, uh, the, the, the musical group, not not over in Britain. Um, Understand. Although that'd be something. So you were talking about your uh, your other podcast, your podcast, because you have two now, or you had two for like almost a year now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I've still got the other one going. I've just been really lazy about it. But yeah, I've got um, the Nooner podcast on yeah. the Smodcast, uh, Smodco Internet Radio Network, and then I've got another food podcast. Uh, but I've just been a little slow on that. And that one's called Ding Dong Chop. It is. Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually, I've uh, fallen behind a little bit in my listenership, but I did really enjoy it. And they are fairly short, so you can uh, digest many in a clip. Yes. Know. Yes. No, and uh, No food I, puns intended. I don't have enough. I mean, you have how many? You guys, you have uh, three podcasts? I, I have two. Just two. Two. Okay. Just one one for me, two for him. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. But uh, your, does your wife have a podcast too, then? My, Laura? Uh, she yeah. has a uh, a gaming program that she does on YouTube occasionally, and she's she's been fil- making episodes for it. But it's hard for her to find the time to edit and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> understood. What with the little one, uh, the new little one. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I'd be happy to take over editing duties, but I'm also already editing uh, two, two <laughs> other shows and occasionally also game videos when I can. Although those have fallen behind, and it's really not just editing podcasts; it's also listening to lots of podcasts. And then re-listening to bits of them to extract three to five minutes from them. So I can listen to, uh, I don't know, seven new podcasts a week easily and then still have to, you know, work on putting other stuff together. When I say have to, I should say I get to because it's uh, <clears throat> it's a rare thing to uh, talk on the Internet. Oh, it's not. You know, oh, not, to change, not to change the subject, but you did mention the video games thing that you do. And uh, my other half still thanks you from the bottom of her heart for uh, me watching you and playing Fortnite. Oh, okay. Thank you. And unfortunately, you know, even though she likes you, that that's not like one of those like hearty, warm felt. Thank you. That's oh. all. Oh, f- what did you get him into? Oh. <laughs> thank yous. That's right. Cause you started playing Fortnite not long after that, I guess. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, and dude, Every time I, I run out of memory space, I panic because I've created so much crap 
in the creative mode. Like mm. that's why I haven't invited anybody to come to that island because I don't want them to screw up my shit. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to take a video of it and show you with uh, what I created. And okay, that'd be great. Love to see it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but right, she does. Right. She does. Thank you. She does. Thank you, though. Oh, okay. I'll give her a um, a, <laughs> a reluctant. You're welcome. I guess or. or if it's an actual, if it's a thank you, it's hard. Well, how do I, how do I, how else would I answer a thank you without, with, other than with an, a, you're welcome. It's, it's a conundrum. Uh, right. right, right. Marty, have you ever played Fortnite or games of that nature? I am terrified of, of playing Fortnite just because of the time suck that it involves. Uh, I, I used to, back in the day, I had, I used to build a lot of computers just um, because it was cheap and you could just sort of noodle around and, and I would put together uh, I put together like four pretty cheap uh, PCs, and I would have my friends come over, and we would play Unreal Tournament. And uh, that, like, they could, they had all these mods that you could do. Oh, nice! Or that that other people did. Like, there was a great Lego mod, uh, and it was a very small maze, and uh, or a small arena, and that was super fun. And we would just drink and eat and you know eat pizza and just like play until three in the morning it was pretty fantastic but these days the older you get the the more uh, responsibilities you get the 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 less um or the the more scary nights like that are you know um yeah uh, it's called a what a land party is that what they when you yes, put a bunch yes. of computers it's, together this was a land party but and these were just like the jankiest computers and like just like cobbled together you know leftover keyboards from here and there and just pieced them together and hmm. it was a, a tiny one-bedroom apartment that was just like crammed full of these computers and so much fun nice yeah and I, I i bet you every single one of those computers that he just called janked they probably all worked better than this toshiba that i started off with if you remember um yeah i remember your toshiba i've never seen it but i do remember you had trouble with it for a while I wanted to take this thing and I just wanted to like smash it against the wall. That's like that was like a deep hate I had for that thing. That thing just did not work at all. Hunter, are you gaming at all these days? Uh, a little bit. What what do you play? Uh Evil Within right now. Mm-hmm. Um Silent Hill Downpour. Um uh, of course Fortnite. Right. And I started replaying Fable 3 again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, the last game I played was Bard's Tale 2. Uh, you know, Bard's Tale was an old RPG, mm-hmm. and they they had a, a Kickstarter to do um, a new Bard's Tale 4 oh. uh, with a, that was all redone. And part of the, the release was that they remastered Bard's Tale 2 for for Windows 10. Hmm. And that, that was plenty for me, because I spent... You know, probably a uh, hundred and something hours on that, just like wasting time, just collecting, doing nothing, and just. But it was super fun. So I, I do seem to recall. Uh, I I remember the game existing, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, it'd be something I'd like to play someday. And then there's a mobile version of it now, um, uh, that's on Android system at least. And I was thinking, gosh, I should pick it up and see, yeah. see if the game's fun at all. Like, I mean, if it's, I imagine it's similar. Similar. The Android Android one is much different because it's a single player, I think, and oh. you don't the the uh, turn based system is is a little different. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, but I, anyhow, don't don't get me talking about games because then I want to play them. 
And yeah, that's bad news. <laughs> that, that's bad news. I, I, I can tell you this, that when I played Fable 3 for the first time, I, I promise you nobody saw me for days. Yeah. Oh, this is why I loved Firewatch. Do you guys ever play Firewatch? I've seen videos mm-hmm. of it. I've wanted to play that one. But. I mean, that will take you a week or or two if you're lazy. And, and it is beautiful. It is like interesting. The voice acting is fantastic. <laughs> I... I was a huge fan of that. Uh, it was really cool. I've seen videos of uh, a guy named Markiplier playing it, and uh, it's got a, what I saw of it is it's got a pretty moving story attached to it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, and that's I think um, that's kind of what I respond to as much as I love uh, exploding brains and pulling spines out of uh, you know people's uh, necks. Um, fatality. Yeah. Finish him. <laughs> Uh, but uh, a thoughtful story, like especially in that environment of a first-person, you know, um, shooter. Or, except you're not shooting. It's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Um, what what's the one that I I've actually been filming videos, but I haven't had time to edit them. So like I've got at least four of Red Dead Redemption Two that will be coming out in the future at some point. Oh. And how far did you finish the game? Or oh no, or, <laughs> no, I've only scratched the surface of it. I actually the first three episodes of me getting out of the snow, basically, and then like the at the beginning because there's a long prologue, and then uh, the fourth one, I think I finally got my first mission outside of that area of time. I could be wrong, but um, it's just like I found myself in the fourth video, just kind of looking around and then just going, yeah, I'm just looking at stuff. I'm just you know, it's hard not to just look around in this game and just want to watch stuff interact. Um, That's pretty, pretty cool. Especially since having started watching Westworld finally, now it's like I'm watching it going, this is like Red Dead Redemption. It's sort of like, (laughs) and the more realistic, by the way, things in video games get, the less I want to create mayhem. So, you know, I'll tell you what, some degree. I I had an employee tell me yesterday how awesome Red Dead 2 was. And now I have to have this game because he, he told me there's like so much hidden stuff. That's what I've heard. I, I just have to possess this now. I was hidden stuff in the first game. Uh, I'm in the first game. In Red Dead Redemption, because the first game is a game called Red Dead Redul- Revolver. If we're talking I got about that the series, PS2. Uh, if we're talking about the series, it's uh, it's those three games. But um, you know, with Red Dead Redemption, yeah, there's like you know, there's little things hidden out here and there. You know, it's, it's always about like side missions and things too, because it's otherwise you're just riding horse back and forth across the plains, which is great by the way. But you know, avoiding getting taken down by coyotes or, or wolves or, you know, the, the, can you help us out by the side of the road that ends up being an ambush or things like that. But there's this, oh, there's this quest, uh, there's a side quest, a series of side quests that involve a character that might exist in the metaphysical plane. I'm not, it's, it's kind of the jury's out on that one story wise, but actually I don't think it is, but um, it's, 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 um, it's a unique experience. And, hmm. Oh, well, I was just going to say that uh, there, there are certain games that uh, have exploratory sort of features like Red Dead Redemption, these open world games where you can just go and go and go and find all these secrets and you know push all the boundaries. And then there are the linear games um, mm-hmm. like Firewatch or the Alan Wake series oh. like you know that are very straightforward and it's hard to like veer away. And so I, I, then you you're sort of forced to buy into the story mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of wander around like, you know, in Elder Scrolls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have, do you guys have a preference of, of that sort of thing? 
you mean to be? I a, like open. A, I was go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> I like open world games, <clears throat> like uh, like Grand Theft Auto. Mm. Was was a pretty uh, good, uh, uh, awesome open end, especially uh, uh, what is it, uh, San Andreas? Yeah, that was a good one. That I, was a good one. I yeah, I I do like I like the open world games. As far as a preference goes, I think I I think I uh, I don't think I have a preference actually. I do really like open world games, like um, yeah, yeah, the Assassin's Creed series. When I when I got into that at the beginning of it, uh, that was you know. Another one of those, you know, walking around the world experiences and figuring out how things work, and you know, and seeing whether it lived up to the expectations of what the uh, all the all the the build up um, EPKs and whatnot, or the idea of the puppeteering system. And it's like this stick moves this arm, and this stick moves this arm. It's not quite like that, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, it's got a lot of you know great stuff. And then I think they improved on that in the the second game, uh, Assassin's Creed. Right. But then there's like No Man's Sky where oh. you can just go for years and years and years yeah. and and not be told where to go or what to do and it's right. Well, so like playing Spider-Man Two, one of the first games to get the swinging mechanic right. Once you get done with that game, you can just con- continue swinging around New York, but there's not really a lot of reason to uh, except for you know, <laughs> s- stopping you know stopping uh, people from joyriding by getting on there and banging on the hood or finding uh, you know stopping. Uh, uh, what are they called? The criminals, the ones with the bank robbers, or you know the balloon missions where you're g- going to find the red balloon for the kid because it's like <coughs> the, the, these are all things. Yeah, you, you basically get something on your radar and, and you hear this sort of <laughs> "It's my balloon." It's this kid's voice, and it's like you, you can't ignore a, a kid in distress. So it's like, and so you gotta find a balloon and bring it back down to them, and you're like, "Here you go," you know. And, and then it's like, "Okay, where are those?" Yeah, and Bruce Campbell's not around being snarky anymore, which oh yeah, enough, which was great in Ugh. the game. I don't know. Did you ever play Spider Man Two? I, I did not. I I was uh, I I saw the the latest Spider Man from last year on mm-hmm. PS4, and I was like, should I buy a PS4? And then I was like, no, you fucking idiot! You should not <laughs> buy a PS4. You I have mean, better things to do with your time. Yeah, I mean, if you can, I mean, I I was considering getting a PS4. <sighs> uh, uh, just for get for Spider Man, basically. Yeah, like, no, that, like, that that's exactly the, what I was thinking. That might be the killer app, and for me, you know, it was it was a, it's amazing, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love Spider Man too a lot. I mean, yeah, but no, no Bruce Campbell. That's unfortunate. He was he really brought something to. Um, well, there's Sam Raimi movies, so I mean, you know, he brings something to anything, and even though he's in or pretty much anything he's in, he brings something to it. I'm uh, better now, by the way. Oh, good. Oh, good. good. Oh, were you yeah, yeah, were you yeah. having difficulty before there? Oh, I was I was laughing my ass off, dude. Well, you were sitting there explaining something. I'm, I was just sitting there laughing my ass off, but I wasn't laughing at entirely everything that you were saying. But when you right, said, right. you know, swing around New York, yeah, yeah. Uh, is basically when I lost my shit. And sorry again for the for the bleep, but uh, right. because literally in the '80s, that's what you did. You basically swing around New York. Oh, yeah, y- y- yeah, yeah. So well, and it's just yeah. Did you ever play? In Spider-Man 2 Hunter for the for either of these systems? Yes. No. So there's a swing no. mechanic where it's like, you know, if you're playing as Spider-Man, it's like you attach to part yeah, of the yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. And there's this visual, you know, physical visual feedback of a sense of increasing and decreasing momentum that really gives you a sense of flying, not flying through the city, which was an improvement on Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man game, where you pretty much were just sticking webs anywhere in the sky and kind of like floating along, and it kind of broke, right, broke right. the uh, reality. So you actually had to have places to stick the web to. Like, you know, if there's, if there's no buildings, and it's like you got to kind of like 
get the trees in the park and kind of stay at more or less ground level. It's just, you're not just going, oh, webs in the sky, and here I go, and I'm <laughs> going across the park with, what's like, here. what are you attaching it to, God? It's like, there's nothing Right, right, there. right. Yeah. No, see, uh, see I, I knew you were, I, I knew what you were saying, but my mind was in the gutter temporarily, oh. so I just took it to a dark place. Oh, the swing and Right, because I also recently saw Party Monster with Macaulay Culkin, and and that was based on a true, oh, yeah. uh, a true story where there really was a dude like that in New York City who got paid to be a, a club organizer and all that. Michael Alec, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's on so, Twitter. He's out of jail and on Twitter. Yep, out of jail and on Twitter and broke. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. Well, yeah. Spider Man couldn't live in Arcada though, right? Yeah. What? But- no, no, not easily, no, no, no. Well, he could swing through maybe the redwoods and some of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then no, was just, yeah. I think we I didn't we uh, talk about this last time. Was speaking of Spider Man, like if you had to be, like if you were a superhero and had to be what you were afraid of, like obviously Batman's afraid of bats, right? Yeah. Didn't we have this conversation? And I said, well, what if the only thing you were afraid of were cockroaches? Mm-hmm. So you'd have to be like Roach Man. You, you know what I mean? And wouldn't that be like? The, the suckiest thing on the planet wouldn't it be like like god's cruel joke to you so you, you're your fear so yeah what what marty well you could yeah. survive any you could survive anything though right the roaches can survive a nuclear war right that no, that's true <coughs> yeah so what am i how scary of? how scary is that uh, i guess you know it's worse if you look in the mirror because you're always reminded that you're something that you are afraid of or that you're based right, on right. it can you imagine being scared by your own costume <laughs> I think I think Kafka explored that uh, back in the last century. Oh yeah, yeah, with metamorphosis. Uh, yeah. Good reference. Um, so yes, uh, uh, sorry, I'm going into but I do, but mode. I, mode. But, I, but but I do like Spider Man though, and, and you know, Spider Man is the sh- <laughs> <laughs> and the fa- and the fact that they made him part of the Avengers. Finally, they, oh, they yeah. gave credit where credit's due. Well, that that was more of a, a contractual thing than it, it was any um, sort of uh, a narrative thing. And so, yet, reap the benefits. <clears throat> yeah, 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 and and uh, and so does Sony, right? Because they don't have to make the make the Avengers movies, but they still get a chunk of the profits. So, meanwhile, having finally made a film version, which I haven't seen yet, of the multiverse of the Spider Man, men of the Spider Many. You you have not seen that yet? I have not seen it, but I, I it's one that's on my list to see. I don't get really out to the theater to see many uh, films. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> see a lot you, of things you, at home. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's it's now available at home. This is a Spider oh. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. And it is uh, it is kind of jaw dropping. Uh, yeah, Hunter, did you see it? No, I'm sorry. No. Oh, it it, it is um, probably my favorite. Um, one of my favorite. Uh, animated uh, superhero films of all time. It, it's funny. It's inventive. It's so just dazzling. Um, I highly recommend it. I'm not getting any money from Marvel or, or Sony. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Marvel is about to slam DC very hard. How so? With, with the two movies they got coming out. Okay, I know about the Avengers one. What's the other one? The other one is uh, X Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, you know what? I've heard. Uh, well, okay. I don't want to spread. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple months from now, so we won't. I won't be, you know, spoiling the publicity for it. But like, I I had heard up until three weeks ago that they were having trouble with um, 
the screenings. People were just basically laughing at long moments, and it wasn't going. <laughs> it wasn't going well. And, uh, but maybe, maybe it's fake news. I don't know. Okay. I well, saw the tr- I saw the trailer when I went to the movies on Sunday. And and it looked pretty fucking sick. Uh, so, so this is the Avengers Endgame. Sure. I think the Avengers Endgame is probably going to deliver exactly what everybody hopes or is expecting. Uh, Dark Phoenix is a little different. That's from X-Men 94, is that right? It's that whole series there? With uh, Jean Grey, I believe so, yeah. And they have uh, a new Jean Grey from the last movie. uh, From What's her name from uh, Game of Thrones? Sansa Stark? Yeah. Yes. Um, Sophie uh, Tucker. No, Sophie... uh, Something. Okay, Sophie. Okay. It's not Sophie Tucker. That's the singer. It's uh, sorry. So, anyway, you're saying Sophie B. Tucker? No, Sophie B. Sophie B. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sophie. Um, She's a but, phenomenal actress or actor. I, I think that those the tone of all those X Men movies is so different from the I guess the you know Disney MCU ones, right? They're they're much more uh, dark and not dark, but uh, less less fun. Yeah, I'd say that the right yeah. the right amount of brooding. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're and they're serious. I mean, they're they're but they are they have fun, but they are very serious. Like they take the subject matter very seriously. Yeah, yeah they do. which is funny because like James Marsden, who played like Cyclops, is so freaking funny, you know. And if you've seen him in other movies, uh, and you know, and what's a what Wolverine dude? What whatever that. Oh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, yeah. yeah, he he can be pretty funny. Sure, you know? I, he, yeah. was, he has great singing voice. I I loved his uh, his watching him do the Oscars. Uh, yeah, in that one that I guess Dan Harmon wrote or par- co-wrote or partially wrote. Of course, he co-wrote. He didn't write the whole thing. Like Bruce yeah. Blanche was still doing that stuff. Speaking of which, sorry, this is an odd segue. I didn't did I did I interrupt anybody's stream or did I find a an okay? How dare you? Darn it! Yeah, how. Damn you! It's just so likely to happen that I want to. I'm trying to be more aware of this kind of thing. Um, so, oh, oh, uh, speaking yeah, of which, sure. yeah. What's up? speaking of which, so we we as you know do love to bring people back onto the show, right? So we had uh, another thank guy, you. Corey. Yeah, you, thank you, thank you. So we had another guy, Corey, who who was on for the second time, right? So you know we start up the computer, but start up the show, you know. And I'm hearing this very loud noise, you know. And we, I can't hear him. And, and what was the problem, Tyson? Because you had the microphone covered. Um, something like you were that. You were trying to think that I was crazy. Here I am restarting my shit. There is a pinhole at the top of next to my <laughs> camera up here. And I have – see, I usually keep a piece of black tape over the camera. See, he's, he's in terror. Right I don't trust the government. But – if I did that, and then da 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 uh, it's your guys' tracks, everything off Skype, and nothing for me. So it's like blank space, blank space. I thought I thought that was just a prop. The blank space? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he mic. just. Can you imagine, like you know, some some like 
woman walking down the street one night by herself or whatever, and some fucking pervert just walks up to her and just does exactly what you just did, like ah, like that. I mean, oh, walks out and goes, "Whoa, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where he starts with his perversion. Is the strange hands? That... <laughs> if that's your perversion, it's... then the world hey, would be a better place, you know. Something. Well, no, that's the start of it. But usually, oh. something like that you can expect to see in a New York City subway at night because you can see all kinds of strange <laughs> there, man. Strange yeah. people on the I mean, subway. I, I mean, have you ever, Marty? Have you ever been to New York? I have, I have. So you you know what I'm talking about? Like that's why you never go on the subways at night because it's, all the freaks are guaranteed to be down in there. The freaks come out at night. Freaks come yep. out at night. The freaks come out at night. Freaks come out uh, at night. There's yeah. Taxi Driver the Musical. There was a. Uh, oh, never mind. There was a thing on Saturday Night Live back in the early days with John Turturro playing. Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese in the cutaways where they were remember when they were adapting a bunch of things for Broadway. So they had a taxi driver, the musical, uh, Jeanine Raffo played Iris, the, uh, the prostitute and De Niro, De Niro and Iris have a little song and it's like this love song to her. Basically it's, it's, oh, it's so, it's not it was out of the realm of possibility when no. you think, when you see what's on Broadway these days, you know, like anything can be a, a Broadway musical. I was about to say that it, it seems like they turn like everything into a musical and, you know, I yeah. mean, like I'm, I'm waiting for them to turn like to have like a Trump musical one of these days. Well, they have uh, there's the the Clinton one right now. And, oh, is uh, there? Yeah, yeah, with uh, Laurie Metcalf and John Lithgow, and then uh, Human Centipede is, uh, I think, going to come up uh, next month. Really? No. Oh God, no. No. Oh God, thank you. I'm just thank you. Because when I saw those movies, I was like mortified. So musical for Human Centipede because I'm, I'm. It's going to be difficult phrasing a lot of those. um... Well, the, the 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 chorus is just like. It's like. Three part harmony, but two muffled voices. Yeah, but in perfect pitch, though. Oh God! Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be something. I I, I needed to, I, I needed to like have therapy when I saw those movies. That, that's how bad that mortif- mortified me. In in Bone Tomahawk the musical. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean it has. It's not, but I mean, just... well, you know, what was the there was a. Did anybody ever end up seeing Spider-Man uh, turn uh, off turn off the dark? I don't know why uh, my, it keeps coming back to Spider-Man. I'm not that huge a fan. I just I was, it's just it's been on the topic today. So whatever. I mean, anyway. my my sister saw it and uh, and apparently it was just a fiasco of you know of just like people being pulled off of you know just, yeah right right and landing and just like tumbling and trying to catch their footing. I mean it's it was so precarious. Um, yeah, um, and then there's the famous Carrie the musical, you know. Oh God, that was. I don't think everything needs to be turned into like a musical. I mean, well, it becomes it's about money, right? So yeah, yeah. So now that that it was a big big hit, you can be sure that uh, Pennywise is going to be, you know, treading the boards on Broadway. See, I think they should do a musical on Hellraiser. The musical. Uh, okay, yeah. well then you're part of the problem, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, part of the fucking problem. Angels to some, demons to others. That's from Hellraiser the musical. Um, 
It was from the Cenobites. It's a big number yes. where all the Cenobites do the, the legs up and down like the rockets and bits of flesh and fish hooks come out. And it's, you know, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, Chatterer. Chat- yeah, that was yep. yeah, good one. You know, that third one was pretty ponderous, though. That's a uh, that, that was uh, I liked it when they were kind of it's now it's now now one of Pinhead's power is to kind of like make other Cenobites. And it's it's kind of like that thing Hunter was talking about where it's like, you know, if, what if you became a hero based on a thing you fear? It's like these people become Cenobites based on something that's associated with them. Like the camera man has now has a camera in his head. So he's like camera guy Cenobite. <laughs> Some guy right, had a right. CD player, so I guess he's got like he's yep. got CDs that he throws or something, or they come out of his head, or I don't remember. It was it's been a while, but but it's like came out of his mouth, and then now you're a centipede. Oh, they came out of his mouth. Yeah. Uh, well, then there's the uh, the fourth one, Hellraiser for uh, Bloodline. Was that four? Oh, it is. Yeah, with uh, Adam, yep. Adam Scott. <laughs> Adam Scott from Party Down and uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Right now, uh, here's a guess. Now, here's a situation. At, at one point, sorry, yes, uh, here's, here's a situation. Okay, now, parents went away on a week's vacation. And when it comes to the Hellraiser franchise, they should have just left it at number four and never continued after that. Wasn't Josh Brolin in the fifth one? Uh, I don't remember, but I, I think I, I've always had this thing of like where. I, I want to recognize stars by their worst roles, and so if you see like, if you see like Matthew McConaughey, you'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, you're the guy from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Oh, I love you, you know. Or going to Demi Moore and being like, oh my god, you were so good in Parasite. And Parasite. I, I don't know if you ever saw Parasite or, or, or and then you could do the same thing with uh, Adam Scott. Hellraiser. And by the way, mm-hmm. Adam Adam Scott. A lovely gentleman. He's been on our podcast, and he he could not be any kinder. Uh, he's a very very nice man. Also fantastic to hear. Um, yes, yes. Um, recently, this is one of the reasons why I was bringing up uh, Bruce Valanche uh, earlier. Or who reason, Bruce Valanche, the writer, made me think don't, of. Oh. Don't know who he is. <laughs> is there, is he? Oh no! Or is that? Are you, are you, troll, are you trolling me? <laughs> I was like. I, okay. Well, he he uh, he's a joke writer. He writes for the Oscars a lot, and uh, he also co-wrote uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. What's that? Okay, so Marty was involved in a play version of the Star Wars Holiday Special back in December, Hunter. So they actually okay. adapted it for stage, or they adapted a behind-the-scenes version of 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 it. Have you, did you ever see the Star Wars Holiday Special, Hunter? I it's, did not. Uh, Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Okay, but, but you've not seen it. I, I've not seen it. It is worth yeah. seeing at least once. I actually, I've seen it recently, and uh, it is pointless. I don't know if it's worth seeing uh, once. It's worth seeing the first, uh, sort of skipping around once, you know. You can sort of fast forward through it. I mean, you know, I got time during the day now because I watch my son, so it's like he sometimes he just sort of sleeps, and it's like, oh, let's see what I got here. I'll just, uh, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this in a while. Let's uh, let's dial up the old Star Wars holiday special. And yeah, it's weirder so, the, set, the fourth time. So to give you a little background, it, it came out between uh, Star Wars and Empire, and basically George Lucas and, – and I was actually wrong about this. I thought that George Lucas was a puppet to Fox, but really George Lucas wanted to make sure that Star Wars stayed in everybody's consciousness uh, while – before Empire came out because he was trying to sell toys. Right. And so he – 
made this thing with CBS to do this uh, this holiday special, and it was about the Wookies because he could only get the the people with faces for a couple days, and oh. and they shot this two hour special over eight days, and you know, and Harrison Ford was I think two days, and I mean, anyhow, it, it's crazy because they, you had uh, you had Mark Hamill, uh, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, um, and then you had. B. Arthur, oh yes, and Harvey Corman and uh, and Jefferson Starship, not Jefferson playing music. Starship. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was Art Carney from the Honeymooners yeah. played a character, and you're just like, like these are all incredibly talented people, but it's like having the most delicious orange juice mixed in with caviar. You know, it's like why would you do that? Like mm. they're both delicious separately, but why would you put them together? I'm not saying one is caviar, one is orange juice, but it's just like the, it's like two things that that don't go together and will never go together. Right, right. And yeah, it is it, it amazing. It, it's spectacular. So uh, we did this play in Hollywood mm. in this tiny theater that hold held maybe you know as many people on stage as in the theater or as many people in the theater as in the stage. And you know, I played like. Everybody played multiple roles, so I had like 11 different roles and we were just jumping around and putting on costumes and stuff like that. And Bruce Valanche actually came to the show. Nice. See, he's trolling me. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who – and so there's one of the one of the actors in, in the play actually played Bruce Valanche. And like in one of the, the super fast scene changes, we're backstage and he's like, Bruce Valanche is in the audience. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, why are you not freaking out? You're like, like he's like, and he just went went back out and did his thing. And and then at the end, like again, you know, it's okay to meet certain heroes. Bruce Valanche, I don't think he loved the play, but he posed for every picture. He didn't love the play because, okay, so the guy who wrote the play, uh, a very talented guy, Andrew Osborne, mm-hmm. and he sent a copy of it to Bruce Valanche to get sort of a, a blessing. And then Bruce Valanche wrote this really long sort of set of notes saying, you know, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, mm-hmm. and this went this way, this went this way. And so what Andrew did is put those actual notes into the play. And so at that point, Bruce Valanche, the character, would stop the play and say, this didn't happen, <laughs> and then like, and then like correct oh, it. Got it. Meta. it was so funny. It was very, very meta, very funny. And that's amazing. And and then Bruce Valanche, his his first reaction was, Well, I didn't know he was going to use that in the play. And then like and but he was just like his his um TV persona, except warmer. And oh. it, it was just really, really cool. So I mean it was the one of the highlights of of being in, in LA, you know. Very cool. Doing doing crappy free theater, you know. I, I saw I'm going to have to return. Sorry. I'm going to have to return to LA. Oh, did you you lived in LA? No, no, no. I was I was there once on a vacation oh. for about seven days, but now I'm going to have to return. Yeah, I'm going to have to return to LA at some point as well. And yeah, uh, well, if you guys do, please come and uh, visit. If we were if we have the podcast, come and visit. We'd love to have you on. And also, thank you. And for any everybody else who's listening. It is just one of those places where you can like I can go. I've been to the farmers market, um, just like you know, regular Sunday, just shopping, and I've run into Adam Scott multiple times, and he'll be like Marty. I'm like, 
how the hell do you know who I am? But he's just, he remembers me and he's like super nice. And then, or else you just see other people and they're maybe not so nice, but you get to see them. And that's kind of cool too. You know, um, I saw, I saw a picture of, um, uh, I was looking up information about the, the play, uh, cause I, I really wanted to know more about, uh, when it was, uh, cause I remember hearing about you talking about it. It's just, it's, it's hard to believe now that, April that five months have passed because I, I it seems like just the other day, but also we we were only pregnant five months ago. Now now we're parents. That's true. So, so it's gone really fast these weeks, and it's like every Sunday is like, well, you're this many weeks old now. So it's like right, right pretty much every Sunday because um, he was born on a Sunday. Surprise, surprise. And um, so it, 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 I saw a picture of you. It's credited as you dressed as a as a Wookie. Yes, holding a holding a, a battery powered tea lighter votive, I guess they're called, or maybe it looked battery powered. It might have been a real votive, but you're also dressed in your Wookiee costume. Appears to be made of paper bags, so it's probably a candle, a, a battery powered, because you look really flammable. I, I was very flammable, and uh, w- one of the the conceits of the play is that we tried to create everything. Well, they wanted it to look <laughs> cheap, uh, cheap. The the producers of the play, mm-hmm. and then I was like. I don't want it to look cheap. I want it to look homemade. Right. Um, oh, yeah. In yeah. this, like, hardware wars, you know. Oh, yeah. So I created all the Wookiee costumes. I created them at home, and, you know, I, I, was, I went to the store and actually bought shopping bags and, and glued them together, and I created a Millennium Falcon uh, and out of cardboard, and it was, like, and, and bubble wrap and just, like, try to create everything – to be really like, so it didn't look lazy. It just looked cheap, you know. And I think there, that that's one of the the things about comedy is like, if you're just cheap and lazy, and you're like, oh, I I didn't want to bother. Like uh, there was a, a show that ran for many many years in in um, L.A. called the Ninety Nine Cent Show. It was a Christmas show, hmm. and where every single prop and costume was purchased at the Ninety Nine Cent store. And there were these beautiful, like, elaborate dresses, like, all made of, like, you know, uh, plastic wrap and, like, various, like, egg cartons and whatever you can get at the 99 cent store. And it it was so creative and interesting as opposed to, oh, we'll just just come out in a paper bag with a drawing on it and that'll be the Wookiee. I'm like, no, no, you can't. That is is a cop-out that is cheap. Let's do something interesting and fun. And that – and that – like for anybody who's trying to create something out there, mm-hmm. that is that is your advantage. You might not have access to prosthetics and you know latex and all that stuff, but you can do something that will be really uh, elaborate, but also cheap. Like um, Bill Watterson, the the one of the hosts, uh, he hasn't been around for a while on my mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. He directed a movie, um, and and that's kind of where I got the inspiration from to do this to to do what. Uh, we did on the in the play, and he came in and saw the play, and I told him. Uh, but he did a, sh- uh, a movie called uh, Dave Made a Maze, mm-hmm. and he actually created a whole maze with puppets and animation and and just amazing intricate things all out of cardboard. cardboard. And so now that, that sounds dope. It's amazing. You you all should watch the movie. It is it is just stunning because you're like. Like none of that cost anything, but it, it took a lot of manpower and a lot of devotion. And that's something that 
you can anybody can do if they if you can con your friends into helping you out. But like you know, we film. had fans, listeners from the show went on to go to set and help him cut cardboard and oh, wow. like put things together. Yeah. Like That's Peter, pretty cool. Yeah. And it was like, <clears throat> so cool. And like, and everybody was happy to nobody, nobody made any money off of it, least of all him. And, but it's a, uh, it's a beautiful movie and everybody should see it if they can. So it's very unique. Uh, it's probably my, one of my favorite films from 2017. Oh, Never. Oh, I, Bill would love that. You said that. So I'll, I'll pass that on. I do recall now that you mentioned that I, uh, I, having never seen the film before and also not really knowing mostly what it was about, I wrote a uh, <laughs> a song about Dave Made a Maze pretty much from the perspective of somebody who didn't actually know what the film was about but kind of sort of knew what the film was about. <laughs> like <laughs> like that's the that's kind of the idea of the song is that it's, it's like – because sometimes, sometimes uh, you'll end up with a song and a soundtrack to a film where it's like – well, the people who wrote this song clearly don't know what movie this is or didn't never saw the movie or don't know what the plot is, but there's there's some semblance of <laughs> what, you know, it's a promotional thing. So I thought it'd be funny to write this Dave Made a Maze song, and I have no idea what Bill Watterson actually thinks of it. But um and also, <laughs> Oh, I'm uh, I'm sure he would be he would love it. Uh I think he's I it. actually Oh, I did we play it? I don't think oh, Yeah, yeah, he played it at least once. Not not necessarily, uh-huh. of course, but that's fine, yeah, because it's it's it, I actually should probably go back and remaster it a bit. It's um uh, or do, yeah. some, do some new stuff on it, but that's kind of fun. Is like is being is creating without really knowing. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, I went out to karaoke with a, a friend of mine who's a, a incredible singer and very naturally musical. And we we at karaoke we pimped him to do "Stand by Your Man," <coughs> you know the Tammy Wynette song. Oh yeah, he did not know the the tune at all, but. Just be, from reading the lyrics and listening to the music, he created an entire new tune from it. How fantastic. And we were all just like blown away. And it was like really cool because he's talented. You're very talented. So it's one of those things of like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess you can make some you can, you know, pull blood from a stone or I guess something like that. Yeah, I always say Tyson's the magic behind the show because he uh, he is actually the magic behind the show when it comes to like editing and and stuff like that. He's a Renaissance man. Like, yes, he's somebody who who can do a, a jack of all trades and a master of a lot. Maybe not everything, but a, a master of a lot. You know. Um, thank you. I just show up and talk. Yeah, it's all him. That's what I'm doing right now. I appreciate and it if- for both of you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, you go ahead. Somebody was. No, no, no. It's on you. Okay. Thank you. So, thank you. I appreciate that. That's just you know. I don't know. I uh, we would have been doing this show for almost two, almost three years now. No, it'll be three years like in October. So it's not quite almost, but it's pretty close. You know. Um, Now. uh, Yeah. In almost three years of doing this show, I'm I'm certainly glad that uh, people are enjoying it. Um, We don't get a whole lot of feedback, but, you know, what what little feedback we do get, uh, I'm glad people are liking it because when we first started doing this, I was seriously convinced that our only listeners would be two crackheads and a crack crack dead. That's right. And and the only reason why they're listening is because they're smoking their crack. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I it's funny because I think about like uh, like you, we have all been done creative things, and uh, I don't know. We have a very small listenership on my podcast, but at the same time, it's really exciting that anybody listens. But I, I feel just the act of doing it 
the act of creation is really enriching for me. And so if you if you get hung up on the numbers and the hung up on the on like how relevant you are to the rest of the world, like then it, it's just not it it loses its purpose kind of you know and, unless as long as you have a you you're not starving and you're uh, you're hoping to to turn this into a, a job you know. Uh, there was a, a, a This American Life, I think it was, about a guy who just like turned his house into um, a studio and was trying to create a, a talk show. This is in like the early 90s or mid 90s and before YouTube had had come into play. And mm-hmm. and like he basically like spent he, you know, lost his family just like to try to do a talk show on public access. Uh, but. I mean, you have to have like some perspective about it, but the idea, right, right, right. like a, a podcast, like what we're doing right now, is so simple to do, but so satisfying and so much fun. And any feedback we get is really uh, great. So absolutely, it's super cool. Absolutely, amen. Ah, but for the upcoming podcaster, of course, you have to open yourself to criticism. Of course, uh, when you're when you're you know uh, advertising on the multi uh, different social medias, of course. And, of course, if you're doing it on iTunes, you, you absolutely must uh, open yourself up to not only positive stuff, but negative stuff of, uh, as well. So my advice to you is ignore the negative stuff. Now, you hear me all the time making fun of myself. Why? Because I don't care. So I'm not going to care if some troll comes on and, and, and you know tries to mock me or talk shit to me because I'm talking about myself so they can have fun all they want. Or... They can create something better. Yeah, I, I, I will say that if, if somebody cares enough to, like, uh, to, to go out of their way to criticize you, uh, I mean, not, and, and you're, you're doing something honest and whatever, you're not trying to be, to troll the world, uh, then that's probably a good thing. Because, like, we don't, on my, like Rinky Dink podcast, we don't get any negative feedback at all because the people who don't listen are like, all right, I'm just going to go back and listen to Kevin Smith. <laughs> you know? So, which is fine. And I'm so happy about that. But I feel like, you know, the, the people who like get trolled all the time are the, the, the people who are in the forefront of, they're getting a lot of attention. Like, you know, right now it's uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, like the the congresswoman. You know, she's getting these death threats because people listen to her, and yeah. it's not because of not because she actually says anything like that horrible, but it's just because she's popular. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, if you reach that point, then just know that you've reached a certain level and ignore it. You know, haters gotta hate. Haters yep. gotta hate. hate, hate Haters hate, gotta hate. hate. East side. But they don't. They don't. They don't take time out of their busy day to hate me. So that's okay. I'm okay with that right now because I'm a very fragile, fragile flower. Mm. <laughs> All right. What's the line? I'm sorry. I, oh. I, I had like you know sneeze. Bless you. <laughs> you are a delicate flower to be so, pressed so, between so walls of stone. <laughs> How dare you? Sorry, try it again. A delicate flower to be pressed between oh walls of God. stone. Of pillows, pillows. Do you know? Sorry. Do you know what that is? That's my. It's a bad impression. But do you know who that is supposed to be in what movie? No, no. Hunter, no. anything? Nope. That is Vincent Price from the Ten Commandments. Okay. Ah. Now give give me your um your wordless 
Vincent Price. Hmm. All right. I think you could go a little higher on the on the tone there. Huh. Oh, there you go. All right, that's good. See, that's see, he's more of a uh, he's more of a uh, Christopher Lee type uh, character. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like his voice yeah. is more like Christopher Lee ish. It's down here. It's oh like, yes. Well, I mean, two great, two of my favorite actors. Like, oh, Vincent Price used to freak me out so much. Really. Oh yeah, because uh, back in the sixties and seventies, he did these movies like the Abominable Abominable Doctor Five. Oh yeah, and, I have those. And, uh, yeah, and then he did like the the one about the the the, the critics uh, where he was killing all his critics. Um, oh shoot, I gotta look that up. Sorry, oh. Um, but oh, it, uh, it's like it's a wonderful movie. Um, uh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let, let me know when you find it because I'd I'd like to I'd like to see that. By the way. Oh I, yeah. By the way, can you imagine oh, sorry, like somebody? Can, can you imagine because again you throw you know our 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 episodes are up on multiple platforms for people to listen to. But can you imagine if someone heard this <laughs> and actually wrote a play like you know about a podcaster who actually goes around killing all his critics because all they ever do is mock his <laughs> and he just can't stand it no more. So he goes I, around I, killing I, the critics. Okay. I you want to talk? You want to talk, motherfucker? Hunter, you know Hunter, we need to edit yes. this part out because <laughs> okay. we're going. To, we're going to make that movie. Okay. We okay. don't want people it, stealing that. It was called True. Theater of Blood. Theater and, of Blood. Yeah, and uh, and he Theater. just he murders these people in the most like ridiculous ways. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you guys should all watch it. it, it it's of a time, and uh, Vincent Price clearly loved what he was doing. And you know he he was an American, and he went he did go to he went to Yale, and uh, he just could not be a, a more just like a game player of you know he recognized what he could do and and really had fun doing what he did and and to the point where he became a Simpsons meme you know <laughs> oh wait, did he oh that makes sense yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yes. Well, of course it is. Thank you, my dear. Oh, okay. Okay. You said okay, for the listeners. Hmm. Uh, Tyson said that he did a a wordless Vincent Price, but you just did a very wordful Vincent Price that was far better than your oh. wordless well, Vincent Price. Thank you. I appreciate it. Amazing. That. that was really good. Do, uh, do that again. Um, <laughs> well, it's, there's, it's, there's a tone to it. It's, it's, it's soft and round. It's in here. It's sort of a, like my wife, she's so amusing. That's from house oh. on haunted hill or house, uh, house, um, haunted hill, ha- haunting of hill house. Now, what was that? Uh, one? Uh, Castle uh, house of wax or house of usher. Well, he did that one too. And he did both of those. He did a couple of yeah. ones. There's one where I, I love that Dan Harmon points this out, but the last man on earth, the original film version of I am legend. Uh, he's yeah. it's sort of, it's like, it's all in his, it, there's a, not all, but there's a lot of a voiceover because he's walking around and tidying things up and tra- you know, like if anybody ever seen the version of this, he's the last man on earth. So there's things that come out at night and during the day, he's got all these things he has to take care of. Like, like a digging stuff or burning stuff or, or he's like, hmm, I need more garlic. The, vamp- <laughs> the vampires. Be back it's like, cause, he, cause it. he's hanging garlic over is to, to keep the vampires away. But it's, it's, it's a, yeah. Or, or what was the, um, there's a bit from, 
uh, also from the Haunting of Hill House. Or Haunted, Haunted, I can't remember. It's House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. Haunted Usher. Yes. No, it's, no, it's House on Haunted Hill. And no. So it's like, um, uh, it says to his, his wife, who they apparently have a contentious relationship, and he's like, do you remember the time when you tried to poison me? And, well, do you remember the time? Yeah. It's like uh, in his throat, kind of. It, it's like there. a... Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Something you drink, they, the doctor said. Mm, yes, arsenic on the rocks. And <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> so you. cool. Thank you. I've been working on that. It's, it's, it wasn't easy, but, uh, you know, especially after doing Christopher Lee all the time because everything's down here. So it's like very sonorous and, you know, it's very deep and it's hard. It's actually really hard to record that because it's, it's, you have to sweeten a lot to get any volume on that. I think I think own. after the character I did, my my throat killed me for like days. Oh yeah, Fritz. Yeah, he did. I had him do a version of Dwight Fry, um, Fred Fry's <laughs> character from the original Frankenstein movie. So it was just this little kind of like I wanted an Igor character, but I wanted his name to be Fritz because there wasn't an Igor in the original Frankenstein film. So you know. and for all you Fritz, for all you nerds, um, Vincent Price played Egghead on the original Batman TV yes, series. He- Dude. <laughs> That's right. Egghead. You'd say things like excellent and whatnot. Excellent. And uh, why? Is why? ecstatic and stuff. But I, I never actually uh, saw the episodes. I did see clips from them. I, I need to, oh, really? I, I need to read this oh my God. television show. Like I it. used to come home and watch them, like, you know, while I was sitting eating grilled cheese sandwiches that I made, you know. like Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I'm glad it's out on home video because I can finally, um, I'll finally be able to sit and kind of, kind of watch it. You know, watch them from end to end and see what how fun they are. I mean, if you think about it, like the, you know, the people that were on that show, you had like uh, Milton Berle, Roddy McDowell, Cliff okay. Robertson, uh, wow. just like amazing people on that show. You had the John Aston, who is the father of of um, Sean Aston uh, and Mackenzie nope. Aston. Yeah, but who did he play? Um, oh, Gomez Adams. No, sorry, what are we in talking? The Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Samwise Gamgee. Sam, he played Sam. Yes, Sean Astin. Oh, Sean Astin was on the original Batman. No, no, of course he wasn't. No, no, John, no, no, John his, was. His dad, his dad was. Yeah, he was also in Night Court for, uh, for a little bit. He had a little stint on there as uh, Harry's real father or something. Wow. He had this line. He was like, "I'm feeling much better now." That was his <laughs> line that he'd say. Which is really Adam similar, West. really similar to Tommy Chong's actual voice at home. Adam West was the only Batman who never had to say he was Batman. Oh, you mean the guy from uh, Family Guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam West, Mayor of Kohog, Adam West. Um, no, no, <clears throat> I only know him from that show. <gasps> from 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 Batman. No, no, from Family Guy. Oh, okay. He's from Family Guy. He's, he's, <laughs> I, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm pretty sure he's pulling your leg. Uh, I hope so. Do you I realize so. I, I was just referring to a ton yes, of actors I, from the... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So, uh, speaking of critics, I'd like to point this out real quick. This is something that... Uh, th- there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. Uh, Hunter, I, I'd like to read uh, a, review, a couple of really short reviews for a film. And I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm going to say blank where the where the review these are like small like couple sentence reviews, and they're all bad reviews. Okay, so this movie is 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's four out of ten on IMDb. Uh, mm-hmm. However, and it, it's 59% of Google users like this movie, which by the way is often the case on movies that do poorly. Google users, a lot more Google users, usually like 
move these movies for some reason. I found it anyway. So here's the here's the uh, review. And after the third one, I'm going to ask if you can guess what it is real quick. So uh, the grand canvas of blank does hold sway in terms of the visual experience, but at the end, this one is all show and no substance. Not a great review. Not a great review. Okay, and then the next one says, stunts and performances make the not-so-engaging blank watchable. Uh, burr. And then, uh, the Amir Khan star blank has some engrossing moments in the first half. That's about it. This one is a golden opportunity lost. A, and then in all caps, king-size disappointment. Do you know what that film uh, is, Hunter? Little movie, no. Little movie came out last year called Thugs of Hindustan. Oh, shit. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. It, a lot of critics hate, was, hated this movie. And it's, that was an awesome movie. Yeah, see, now I got Hunter to watch Thugs of Hindustan a few weeks ago uh, or something oh like that. Oh, my God. That was phenomenal. I, I'm trying to get people to see it bit by bit because I, I think it could create kind of like a, I don't want to say like a movement, but I mean, like the film is so much better than it was reviewed. Uh, it's was reviewed well, very poorly by um, the IMDb reviewers. It gets a 4.0 um, and it's, it is two hours and 44 minutes. Two hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So is this the film that you were trying to get us to watch? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been trying to get this movie. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, why not get us to watch one that is well reviewed and that has uh, not just by critics, but by, the audience of IMDb. Well, it's because it's easy to pick something that does well. This is a great movie oh, that did yeah. poorly. This is but a, that no one likes. But it's not true. Lots of people do like this movie, just not there the people go. who write about it. Two two people <laughs> like it. Two people like it. That's true. But aren't there like four times the amount of people in India as there are in uh, the United States? Uh, I think easily. I, I think that that is one of the most exciting things about this new world. Like it's like. I remember the first time I saw uh, uh, on YouTube, there were these like, like just like frat bros doing, and you can look it up. I mean, it's like probably eight years ago, six, seven years ago. They were like at, just on spring break doing a, a uh, just doing a, a Bollywood number. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is amazing. And then now you have people doing on YouTube doing uh k-pop and oh wow doing yeah. yeah and just doing every sorts of sort of type of thing like and all of a sudden like uh we're like it's not just a, a american-centric uh, media world anymore and that's a, a, no, a yeah. good thing yeah, yeah it's yeah. a really fun thing i didn't know what i was it missing is. I, I didn't you know i only just discovered that i like bollywood couple months ago it was from seeing this movie for the first time i saw the previews and i'm like well i got some time i'll sit and watch this and i was just like this is great oh. and i look up the reviews and i'm like why do people hate this movie what's going on here <laughs> then i'm like i'm like honey to my wife would you do me a favor and watch this movie with me because like uh we don't have to watch all of it but if you can sit if you can stick with it you know you can say i don't want to watch it more if you want but you know if you do like it let me know and if you don't that's cool and uh, she didn't want to not. She didn't want to stop watching. And at the end, she was like, "That was really good." And like, that's what I thought. So, what the heck is what's going on? Well, I, okay. I, I, already, I already knew she was going to say it was good because you're not divorced or anything like that. So it's uh, you're not the yeah. doghouse. Yeah, that, that would do it. See, now that is something that I don't have to worry about quite yet. So, ha 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 ha. But soon, if uh, it were yes. in English, do you think it would have been as good? 
been as, um, been as no. good? Um, Not at all. I don't. I think <laughs> why? Why? Because it would just seem fake to me. It's like just watching another like an American film. Because as you know, Hollywood, old school Hollywood, has just had like this this whatever to just want to put white actors in you know non-white character. Uh, well, no, I, I, I don't. I don't mean that. I, I just mean that if there was a two-hour and forty-four minute movie of ridiculous action that mm. was punctuated by long musical numbers of these very coordinated dances that took place just apropos of nothing, uh-huh. like what, that, <clears throat> that would have been very distracting, right? I I, I don't know. I don't I, know. I don't know. Um, yeah. It was in English. Well, there's there's like four different language versions of it, but like that's why I keep I, think, I keep saying see I it in Hindi because that's the original language, and so it's not distracting. And I the think it, I think it I think it makes it better. In fact, that it's in its own natural, it's in its own language. And there is some English because they're doing something. I guess they refer to as English, like English. Sure. Yeah, like sure. English. Well, yeah, so it's because a little bit of Hindi and a little bit of English. It's also oh, I'm sorry, it's a little bit of Hindi and Urdu. Plus English, so it's like the 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 British were speaking English, obviously, and then but not course, always. Sometimes the British were not, speaking Hindi, and, and so well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's just I, I think it's really interesting, and I think we are. Well, I am more forgiving, um, just because I I, I want to be more generous to new cultures that I don't understand. So I've been watching this uh, a couple like Korean, and and I'm not Korean. I'm not. Japanese, but I've been watching a, a Korean show and a Japanese show, and I'm, I'm trying to understand the world, and mm-hmm. like I'm so much more open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it's it's kind of cool because, okay, so just so you know, like this is a Hindi movie, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then within India, there's an entire other film world of Tamil movies. Yes, Tamil. Yes. So Tamil is a different language that they speak in a, a huge part of, of India, and it's a huge film world. And I, 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 I've done a little bit of acting, and I did, um, a, a, like, I guess a year or two ago, I did a photo shoot with this. And it was, I, I guess it was, like, trying to get cultural diversity, so they hired me, an Asian guy, hmm. and then this other dude who was a South Asian guy. And we're just, like, sitting around just chatting, and it was just like a photo shoot, so... So it's a great job, you know. It's a few hundred bucks for just sitting around, just like sitting in a chair, and people take pictures of you. Yeah. And then, but like, there's all this downtime. So he's just telling me how he's like, oh yeah, like I'm a Tamil. I mean, he wasn't bragging. He's just like, I'm a Tamil movie star. Like I, you know, when I go in India, like people stop me on the street, but like, it, it it's not a huge paying job and I live here and like my wife is a doctor and like, you know, I'm just trying to make money. Wow. But it was like so cool. Just like, and that to me is like so awesome. Like the idea of like, like in another country, you're a huge movie star and you're just like here, you're just like some schlump, like, you know, just like making money. I mean, he was, he was a very, very handsome fellow, very talented. So I, I, he's going to be fine, but it's just like kind of a fun way to be a, a, a celebrity, you know? Absolutely. I mean, Thugs has got three big, big stars from India in it. They're like, they're like hugely big over there. There's Amir Khan is a big star over there. Uh, Amitabh Bashan is a big star. I think I pronounced his name correctly. In fact, he's like the Stallone, basically. Uh, he's been go- working since the 70s at least. And his son is also an actor. He was in the Doom series, which was created by the people who did Thugs of Hindustan. And it's like more like contemporary cops and robbers uh, stuff. Right. And 
also very entertaining. And it's, I, I, by the way, the second time I saw a Bollywood film, it was, it was Doom 1. After watching this big, lavish epic with like, uh, you know, period piece and, you know, three songs. And then I watched this Cops and Robbers movie and I started it and I'm like, this is fun, you know. And then I'm like, oh, there's going to be songs in this one too. <laughs> yes, yeah, the, the just, Doom movies just, are huge. Just yeah. so you know, I had and to they're watch. They're fun. They're really fun. Sorry, yeah. I had to watch uh, Thugs of Hindustan by myself. I could not convince my fiance to watch it with me. It's fine, you know. It's it's almost three hours long. <laughs> but, but so are those Batman movies. I mean, you know, it's like right. And so are those Avengers movies. You know, yeah. Oh, that I can get her to go see. I know, just, but it's still a three-hour freaking movie, you know. And, well, oh, you know, it's this great thing called on demand where you can like pause a movie and walk away and come back and continue it whenever you want to. So it's like you know, it's okay. It's, that is that is the excuse that you gave to me when you said you should watch this movie. Yeah, that's that's right. I, and, I guess I did. And yeah. I was like, hmm. you know, I it's uh, fine. I, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. Fine. I you just you you just went down a few steps in my estimation, you know. But that's okay. <laughs> backing off, <laughs> backing off, and being like, "It's okay. You don't have to watch it. It's fine." Yeah. No, you really should. But it's like, well, this is. The thing. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a it's not something I knew I was missing, and you know, and, and it's not. And just because I like it doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. It's it's. Um, well, I just I would encourage everybody to go and like find a really popular movie of another culture that you don't know about and watch it. Like oh. Uh, Actually, this is uh, it was because of Nooner. I would hear about movies that I had maybe not heard about before, and I'd seek them out and watch them. Like that's one of the reasons why I saw the Raid Redemption is because it was brought up on the show, and I actually own it on Blu-ray now because it's a great and movie. Is it not amazing? It is amazing. It is, as the kids used to say, amazeballs. Yeah, and uh, but when they, they, they a Welsh say that dude. around two thousand three, I think, or four, yeah, or something yeah. like that. What like, the hell? Yeah. When the hell did the kids say that? They <laughs> never said that. Um, uh, yeah, they never said that. Amazeballs. It's, oh, no, actually, it was like around 2005 and six or something like that. I heard people say it. God. Oh, God. By, by kids, I mean people in their 20s. I mean, you know. Well, obviously now, because if you think about it, when you were in your 20s, right, you didn't think of yourself as a kid and used to get pissed off at people who thought of you as a kid. But now that we're all like in our 30s and shit like that, we look at people in their 20s as kids because that's what they are. Well, yeah, I know. You're in your 40s. Yeah. And I'm not sure how old Mr. Marty is. I'm in my 50s. Just at the beginning. Uh, bullshit. I am. So have you have you guys ever seen a Korean film? No, but I'd be certainly open to do so. Okay. I may, Tyson? I may have. I'm thinking of... Uh, Oh no! Wait, well, there are ones that I've you, wanted to see. I think I was like uh, I had old boy kind of queued up to watch it. Some boy is that okay? Korean? Was that Korean? It was. Korean. That is a Korean film. Uh, and I remember the first time I saw a Korean film, I was like, "This is crazy, like fat crap, yeah. crazy stuff." <laughs> um, and, and it was Volcano High in two thousand one, and it's basically Harry Potter with martial arts <clears throat> in Korea. In Korea, that sounds amazing. And it, yeah. Super fun, very fun movie. Not a great movie, mm. but very silly and like. But it's also like you have to adapt your your perspective of like, oh, they're mugging to the camera. They're they're. It's a different sort of um, 
medium than than Western film, and not better or worse, just different. And then you see, then later on, these these films, or I, I found more interesting films like Old Boy. Mm-hmm. And then you get to things like um, The Host. You never saw The Host. I've seen Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is the same director as The Host. Yeah, as the host. Uh, Jong Boon Ho. Yeah. Uh, uh, or Bong Joon Ho, I think. Bong Bong. Yeah. Anyhow, director Bong. But. Uh, um, one of yeah, Snowpiercer is a fantastic movie, and you're like, oh, yeah. like filmic filmmaking is good filmmaking is good filmmaking. And Hunter, if you have not seen Snowpiercer, as a comic book fan or as a movie fan, as a just it, it's great. It's a it's a really fantastic movie. A speculative fiction fan, I guess. And I definitely will now check this out. And it's uh, it's based on a French uh, graphic novel. Yes, interpreted. By a Korean filmmaker mm-hmm. and starring a bunch of Western and Korean, uh, American, English, British, and Korean actors. Mm-hmm. Nice. So good. It, it's it's just fantastic. It's great. I need to see it again. It, it's been a yeah. while. I saw part of the host and I didn't finish, but I will because I have a copy. Of it. Have a, oh, yeah. That, that is just a very fun movie. And it's, it's a little long, but I love it. I, I've seen it many, many times. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool, and, and there's an American actor in it um, who has been uh, uh, he's a, he's done these great he's got a lazy eye Jesus Christ his name is Tim uh, Tim I've got Tim Sh- guy Tim Tim Sh- Tim <laughs> he's Smith on guy. he's on Shit's Creek um, oh. Uh, no oh. Uh, oh no he he's uh but he's been like. I think he's been like Coen Brothers movies. Um, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Paul Lazar. Paul Lazar. No, he's not been in uh, Coen Brothers movies. But you've seen him in. He's just like he's it was in Silence of the Lambs. He's got the, the he's one of the the deputies with a lazy eye. Um, oh. he, and he's just such a good actor. And uh, and it's cool to see. I don't know. I'm I'm such a nerd. If I see. An actor I recognize and I like in anything, I just get really excited. So that's really yeah, yeah. I, I get that a lot. Uh, yeah, watching a film when I'd be like, oh, I didn't. I know think this person I, was be I this think movie. when it comes to like actors that I like, I think if I see them in like other movies that I normally wouldn't watch, I probably will just give it a chance only because they're in the movies and you know it's like a hit or miss. Like oh, I really do like this film that I've never seen before, or you know what, I like him. I just don't like this movie. <laughs> so, liking, right, liking right. somebody and enough to follow their movie career is generally what gets me to watch things that I might not necessarily necessarily gravitate towards. Like, for example, I like Paul Giamatti a lot, but and I haven't seen everything he's done. But it did lead me to see uh, American Splendor, which I really enjoyed. Oh well, as a comic book person, are you not an Arkham? Oh, I'm from, not Arkham. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, <clears throat> but. Uh, Har- Harvey P. Carr fan? I had not really been aware of Harvey P. Carr uh, oh. until, the, until the film. I had definitely been aware of R. Crumb. I had seen the Terry Zweigoff documentary a few years back. Um, sure. So I, was, so I was familiar in that way, and I do like comic book art and comic book related things. So, um, yeah, I did. It kind of was like, you know, what is this? And then, uh, you know, its reviews were really interesting. And so, yeah, I saw it, and it's like, it's 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 really it's very unique because it's it it's like a docudrama, but it's also not. 
you know, it's, it's got weird kind of meta kind of behind the scenes stuff where there's like the real people and the actors who play them kind of commiserating. And it's like watching those Bjork videos that Michael Gondry makes where there's like a, a scene within a scene or like Charlie Kaufman stuff, where it's like, you know, synecdoche, where it's like, yeah, here's this in the foreground. And then here's a smaller version in the, yeah, and and I think More it's because it was made by documentary filmmakers, and and they they could capture that. But like, and he's such an amazing actor. But Harvey Pekar was just like, uh, just a, I I just remember him from uh, he used to be on Letterman. Oh yeah, and, uh, and back in college, I would watch Letterman late at night, and you'd just be like, who the hell is this guy? And then he would come on, and he was just. Such really? a dynamic. Yeah, he was great. He was such like a dynamic, like breath of fresh air of stale air because he would just be like this, like very sour, like you know, just like uh, angry, not angry, but cranky guy. And then you get to see him in this in in this different on Letterman, and Letterman just loved him. You know, I think Letterman was actually in the in the movie as himself when they recreated those scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think but, he did that for the Andy Kaufman movie too. That's kind of nice that they. <laughs> yeah, but it's an amazing movie, and Paul Giamatti could is is that, that I mean I it's stupid that he wasn't didn't nominated win an Oscar for, for that. Was he nominated you know? for that or? Uh, I I don't know if he's ever been nominated, but God, he yeah. should have been. There's a great you know James Adomian, the comedian does a great Paul Giamatti impression on Comedy Bang Bang, and there's a whole bit about like you know him not being nominated, but it's like it's just the impression of him is basically makes him seem like he just hates his life. Basically, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I am not a winner. I can't do his voice, but it's it's and it by the way, it's not a perfect impression, but it's so it's it's enough that you can totally evoke Paul Giamatti. <laughs> it's it's very, James. James Adomian is one of uh, is is an amazing talent. Like if you haven't listened to him, he's so freaking talented. He uh, he went through the groundlings and oh. um, yeah, and but I don't think he made it to become a groundling. I don't think he made it to the Sunday Company, but he went through that program. But he's such an amazing talent. Uh, he's great with voices. He does a great Jesse Ventura. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, and, Ventura's amazing. Yeah, and uh, if ever you get a chance, um, there is uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Um, you're familiar with him, right? Oh yes. Uh, so he did the Dead Authors podcast. Oh. Uh, that that was um, basically it. It, it was for um, this eight two six LA. It's a literacy program here in LA to to uh, basically tutor underprivileged kids in English and so this podcast was benefiting that so then these comedians would come on as different um, as different uh, sort of characters from uh, from literature and James Adomian was so freaking funny and uh, like Let's see, uh, John Hodgman. Are you familiar with John Hodgman? He came on. He came <clears throat> on as uh, as Ayn Rand. Oh, and it, it was that was hilarious. Um, and then uh, I think James Adomian did uh, Walt Whitman from uh, Leaves of Grass. You know the the poet. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And he came in and just like was spouting poetry 
just off the top of his head, like it just it, amazingly, you know, like just like just was the most beautiful language I had heard, along with the most profane language I've heard, and it was so funny. And I, it, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, like in terms of comedy. Um, that's my dog. Sorry about that. But, to be yeah. or not to be, me taking a shit—that is the question. Exactly. Exactly. But, but like, um, yes. But in the in the voice of Walt, Walt Whitman. Whitman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was he was Walt Whitman the one with the barbaric yop that is a Dead Poet Society thing or? I don't know. I don't know. I was a science guy. Like I was oh. a pseudoscience guy in college. I never read no Walt Whitman. You, you, you say you like pseudo, pseudoscience in, in, in high school? They have- yeah, I, I, I think I majored in astrology. Oh, nice. I actually, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, I uh, went through a pretty heavy astrology phase in high school. Um, I also learned to read tarot cards then. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Oh, you know, it's fine. It's, I mean, I don't, have a, I don't have my deck anymore. I used to. I did the whole thing where it's like, you, you know, you make a bag for your, for your uh, cards out of a natural fiber and you like uh, yeah. so did, sleep did with you it do, under your pillow. For the, sorry. Did, you, did you run your cards and it said, and then you were like, you're reading your cards and it said you will stop believing after six months and you did? Um, yes. No. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> As you know, know give his soul to the dark lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's what really happens. Well done. Thank you, thank you. Thank it's you. a nice effect. That's right. Hunter has effects now. Oh, I thought that was a, a vocal tick. Oh, being able to study I got sound effects to make you wet, motherfuckers. Now, can you hear that when he does it? Does, does that, you hear the, okay, go ahead, just make it sure. Because, like, if the guests can't hear the effect in that. What's that ruckus? Is there there's ruckus occurring? That made me humming. I, I don't know. Is it, 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 what did you hear? <laughs> it sounded like there was a tidal wave uh, uh, striking your home. Oh, no. Everything's fine here. Oh, yeah. We are in a uh, tsunami area. But I didn't hear anything over in this end. Did it sound like, like some white noise coming through the headphones or something? No. No. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. oh you're just being funny. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Yes, go ahead. No, no, I'm just I'm just so curious about Arcata. Uh, yeah, ask me. The, the farthest north I've been was Sea Ranch, which is not anywhere near Arcata, I guess. Um, it's probably a couple hours south of Arcata. How far are you from the coast? Uh, from the Pacific coast? Yeah, from the beach. From the beach? Yeah. Um... Two and a half, three miles. Right. Like I mean, it, the dunes are that way. Like I mean, I could. It's 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 right on the. Uh, so in the map of California, there's the San Francisco Bay, and it's kind of a little taken out of the out of the land there. And if you go up towards where Eureka is, there's no, another I, tinier. I know, there, there's a I tinier know, one. I, I'm on the north side of yeah. that. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So how far are you from Wai- Wairika? Oh well, Wairika is like up like 
I don't even know if that's Delmark County. It's like north, it's northeast, I think, and it's probably I've never been there. So, oh, you know, I might have been through there once. I think it's on the five. Let's see here. Okay, but you grew up in Arcata? Yes, I'm here for 24 years. It is four hours and 11 minutes. It is 199 miles. It is almost 200 miles to Wairika, which is north of Redding along the five. I'm, I'm along the 101. So, But you grew up in Arcata, but you've been there for 24 years. No, I, I had been there for 24 years, and then I moved to, um, I moved to Washington in 1990, at the end of 1998. Sorry, okay. my wife was yelling at me. That's fine. I mean, it's, I understand. <laughs> um, I, I was, uh, what was the question? I, okay, 1998. Yes, okay, so I moved away uh, in 1998, and then I lived up in Washington for like 15 years, and then moved back down in 2015. What did you do in Washington? Uh, just, just kept on living, basically. I mean, I did, you mean like, did I have a career or anything? No, no, nothing like that. Like, I did a lot of karaoke, did a lot of drinking. Um, oh, very good. Well, not a lot of drinking, but um, uh, you know, I started. I was. I started creating music actually. Now I think about it, while I was in Washington, because um, I didn't really do that heavily, and while I was still living uh, here, but that was more like around the year two thousand. Aha! Uh, uh-huh. I knew it. So like all I, the all the creative people have drinking problems or substance abuse problems. Uh yeah, my my wife just said you sound drunk. Said I sound drunk? Uh no no, my wife said that about me. Oh, you sound drunk. Yeah. Hmm. How now, do you, now how let do me. You, no, no, go 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 ahead. How do you think you sound, Marty? I I only know what the externalities, uh, how other people perceive me. I I cannot say. Oh, fair enough. Now, now, is this a uh, a more like kind of relaxed atmosphere than uh, let's say doing a live uh, podcast every day? But aren't we live right now? Or no? No, we're not. We are not live, sir. Oh, just on uh, ourselves. No, it's just different in the morning. It's certainly different in the morning. Yeah, the idea of doing it in the morning makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I suppose I could figure out. I mean, I'm going to be up anyway. Um, like, um, like I'm, my sleeping schedule is different now, so it's fine. I mean, it's so I guess it's not that strange. I am up earlier than I normally am on Tuesdays. Uh, what am I? What am I even thinking about right now? I don't know. It's but yeah. So being and you know what. You know what? Even if you are a little drunk, that's okay because there was a strange time. No, not you, him, uh, Marty. Uh, there was a episode of Strange Times where Sam was like so blitzed that uh, she didn't even realize she was doing a podcast. Who? What? Oh, oh, oh Strange Times. Man. Where there's a set, there's a set, there's another podcast that we listen to called Strange Times. It's from the from Britain and it's. Uh, it's almost at 300 episodes now. And uh, Davian Dent, Kat Sorens, and Samantha Pet were hosting it for a long time, the three of them. Now it's just Davian and Kat. It's, it's something if you've not heard before, you might enjoy. Um, it's hard to know really where to start. Just start at any point, really. And then if you, if you like it, go <laughs> forwards or backwards. I mean, you know. Well, I, I think uh, drunk English people sound so much more, um, you know, put together than... Well, see, see, that's 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 the thing. 
uh, uh, Davian is actually sworn off booze now. Oh. Um, hmm. So he used to be blitzed doing the show, uh, but now he's uh, – so there's a very sober type Davian Dent that's on Strange Times right now. Well, I've got to hear that. So no pills either, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Mm. Straight and arrow, baby. Wow. I'm out. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, uh, what was what was in the uh, that oatmeal that uh, or that oat type concoction that Giselle used to bring in the the, the blueberry uh, the blue the blue the people would call it the blue vomit stuff. I mean, it sounded delicious, but it uh, it also. It, so we have um, a guest uh, who used to come on the show a lot and hasn't been on in a while, mm-hmm. uh, named Giselle, mm-hmm. and she was a button maker from uh, from Germany, mm-hmm. and she would come in with just it was just oatmeal with a bunch of blueberries in it, and she would eat it and it looked disgusting, and you know because if you just look at oatmeal in a Tupperware, it just looks like gray goo. I guess so, yeah. And then. Yeah, I like oatmeal. I, I eat it every morning uh, nowadays. It's it's um, probably healthy for me to do that. It's probably helped sure. help me lose all that weight. I used to be heavier. Um, yeah, because uh, uh, Giselle is also uh, one half of the uh, that dynamite cop team, chopsticks and haggis. Oh yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you can look on YouTube for previous episodes. I think there are probably like three hundred episodes on on. YouTube. On YouTube, really? Oh, yeah, totally. I love YouTube. Yeah, so, well, Hunter's probably heard Chopsticks and Haggis. That's still on my SoundCloud site. But, uh, <laughs> Neuter Broadcast Network, I don't know. That was when Bill was still uh, around, actually. There was Bill there was there, and, um, <laughs> sorry, I was like Dorothy at the end of Wizard of Bill, and you were there, and you were there, you weren't there. I don't know who you are. Oh, Marty, speaking of, uh, Wizard of Oz, in a very strange roundabout way, um, so, uh, so Hunter and I are a certain amount apart in age, and then you and I are a certain amount apart in age, which means you got to see things like you got to watch Letterman at a different time period than I did, presumably because I was too young and yada yada. So like, there is this time period I found where like the roots of what would eventually become Saturday Night Live, uh, there were these films, these three experimental films. One was the Groove Tube, one was uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, and the other was uh, Dynamite Chicken. And these all had like little seeds of like eventually what would become, I guess, kind of the more or less what Saturday Night Live sort of coalesced into, or at least that aesthetic. But they're all very like kind of really subversive and interesting art slash comedy movies. And I'm wondering if you had had the chance to see any of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Saturday Night Live started in 74, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, 75. Yeah. 75. Yeah. And Groove Tube was like 76. Something like that. Uh, and then around the same time was uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. Not familiar with the, the – what was the third one? Dynamite Chicken. It's a little bit more um, obscure. Richard Pryor is in it, like really young Richard uh-huh. Pryor. Um, but yeah, like uh, I remember Groove Tube or uh, Groove Tube, uh, Chevy Chase was in that, yes. I believe. Yeah. And uh, it was it was okay, Yeah. Uh, but Weird. certainly Kentucky Fried Movie resonated with me because uh, that was the, the Zazz group. Um, they were out of Michigan. It was uh, the Zucker Brothers and Jim Abrams. Uh, is that right, Jim Abrams? Mm, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And 
and it was a, a a sketch comedy thing that was very profane, a lot of uh, uh, boobs, but also it had a a send up of Enter the Dragon. Oh, that's and I right. Think, that's yes, right. and fistful of yen. Fist, fistful of yen. And as an Asian American kid wow. growing up, to see a show like that or a, a, a video like that where the comedy wasn't out of making fun of Asian people necessarily the way that like Sixteen Candles did years later, right? But it was really about making fun of the genre of of um, martial arts movies, and it was very smartly done and at the same time idiotic and. I encourage everybody to watch it. it. It's very funny, very silly. So the the Zaz guys went on to direct Airplane mm-hmm. and um, the Naked Gun movies, and um, they're they're just just a well. They created their own genre of comedy and Ghost and <laughs> well and Ghost, well. yeah, and, which is a perfect movie. Uh, I love Ghost. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, but uh, this was the the. The apex, or no, the the beginning of their silliness, mm. and it, it, it's like there's just so much crazy stuff, very um, pushing a boundary, but without being offensive, and at the same time, probably pretty offensive. But mm. but at the time, it was it was groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking for me. And it had a Wizard of Oz reference in it. That I won't. Uh, oh yes, uh, yes, yes. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And you were there, and, and you were. There. Yeah, and that was like so exciting to see, and because like there's this Asian dude dressed up like Dorothy, and you're like, what? And <laughs> and it was like it was very liberating to see. Yeah, because yeah. that that was not a part of of media then, you know. He has a great speech at the end, like uh, being a civic, having you doing your civic duty and stuff, and you know, and and, and donate. Start a labor. Start a, start a labor union. Yeah, you yeah, had yeah. you had a dream of the most extraordinary magnitude. <laughs> it's just like his blowtorch hand comes into frame, and he like it kind of pushes out. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great film. That was amazing. Um, so, oh, but Ace uh, Ace Trucking Company was like uh, one of the uh, sketch comedy groups that was in Dynamite Chicken, and that included uh, Fred Willard. So, uh, and the movie was much more loosely held together than even like a collection of sketches. It was also like poetry and like, uh, and, um, it you know, had like clips of Leonard Cohen and Lenny Bruce and, uh, Michael, uh, um, O'Donohue stabbing needles into his eyes. I'm like this guy, <laughs> Michael O'Donohue, I think contributed to it. And, uh, it had Al, Al, um, who did screw magazine, Al Goldman, Al Gold, the, uh, yeah. yeah, Al Goldstein and Al Goldstein. Uh, yeah, it was sort of that yeah. kind of you know. And then meanwhile, it's interspersed with like a eighteen to twenty year old Richard Pryor doing just little bits on the street and kind of like they're following around with a camera and he's just leaning up against a chain, you know, link fence and doing a little bits here and there and moving to another place. And it was really you know different, very different, and also uh, much looser, I guess, than than even the Groove Tube or Kentucky Fried Movie were because it wasn't really a was it really yeah. like a I, I don't know how it, I, yeah. hmm. there there was a, a bunch of subver- subversive movies uh that came out in the 60s and 70s about comedy that really uh defined comedy that that led into uh Saturday night live and if you watch SNL in its first few years you had short films <clears throat> made by Albert Brooks oh, yeah. you had like 
these weird things, these sketches that weren't necessarily funny, but they were like send-ups of, like Sissy Spacek was on with like uh, Jim Belu- uh, John Belushi, and they were doing sort of a, a uh, um, what's the guy who did True West? Um, Sam Shepard play. Oh, yeah. It wasn't funny at all, but the, the sketch went on for like, you know, probably, I don't know, eight minutes, which is long for a sketch. But it was like kind of a just a, a Sam Shepard play. And you're like, oh, this isn't funny, but like you're watching it. It's and like, interesting. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. And like it's very hard to create consistent comedy from week to week for sketch to sketch, you know. Oh, yeah. It must be. Uh, must yeah. Be. But they, they were doing taking a lot more risks back then as opposed to just doing Trump impressions and, you know, mm. what's in the what's in which are pretty case. funny. Uh, yeah, they can be, but but it's a little bit easier to generate that content as opposed to like creating something from just like culture, you know. So yeah, they were saying something about Saturday Night Live being like the TV kid generation that grew up watching TV and hating it, and therefore wanting to make fun of TV. Right to some degree, right. like that was something I read in one of the books about the first ten years of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I think that's a really actually a really good description of it. Yeah, um, they're making fun of sitcoms and everything, and and now they're just now. I mean, it still can be very funny, uh, for sure, but it, it's kind of uh, less daring. I would say. I don't know if you feel that way. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really. Well, you know, I haven't really well, watched. You know, a whole episode of Saturday Night Live in a long time, and I used to love it. Like, I guess I think everybody has their era of Saturday Night Live that they would watch the most of, and then they just sort of stop watching. <laughs> well, Hunter, when when what is your era of SNL? Probably the nineties. Like who? Uh, Adam Sandler, oh, Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 who's that other guy that played with Chris Farley and all those? Uh, David Spade. Spade. Yep. Mike Myers, Mike I mean, Myers, yeah, yeah. It's a golden age. That that's an amazing time. My mine was like between 1987 and 1994. I'd say I think that was a pretty good swath. Uh, started with like I think. Well, I mean, when I got to start recording them, because I'd seen stuff from slightly earlier, like with the Dick Ebersol years, and then like the first year Lauren was back, where he had like we hired like Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall and Randy Quaid and Joan Cusack and Damon Wayne. Isn't that insane to yes. think about that? Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, and I've seen a couple of these episodes. I, I have had them somewhere. Somebody taped them for me off Comedy Central, and I was just like watching, going, "This is it's Robert Downey Jr." It's like, it's it's what the hell is going on? You know? Yeah, <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall at like seventeen or eighteen or whatever he was, you know, maybe nineteen, but just like, you know, out of his depth and in New York and doing <laughs> tons of drugs. Oh God, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. It's it well it was a uh, definitely interesting looking cast type, very different than uh, than the rest than the stuff I was used to seeing people who hadn't really been established and I'm pretty sure that like Robert Downey Jr. and at least it's like Randy Quaid had been acting since what the late seventies or something in the last mm-hmm. last detail with Jack Nicholson that was in the seventies yep. wasn't it like, Yeah I don't even know if that was his first movie but it was a while ago I mean what, yep. what, who's in the last picture show with the P- Peter Bogdanovich movie That's like sixty nine or seventy or seventy one something like that Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been around and it's like and these are 
you know, it was used to be like, uh, who are these, you know, people? That's actually one of the reasons why I like the new Ghostbusters because it's like I didn't know who Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis. I'd never seen Stripes. I was too young. It was 1984. I was 10 years old, so it was an R-rated movie. Didn't see it. Ghostbusters, PG, can see that. This is a great film. But I didn't, it, it was like, this isn't a perfect film that is beyond reproach that I can, you know, the, a new version of it's going to destroy it. And all of them were from Saturday Night Live, so they're keeping with the theme of keep, getting people from Saturday Night Live. The original one? Hell yeah. And then, you know, the new one wasn't bad. I, I, I thought it was funny. I laughed a lot of times. I liked the interplay between Liz McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and uh, the blonde one whose name I can never mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. and Leslie Jones. I, I, don't have, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the uh, all-female cast. Which one is that? Is that Ernie? This is Humphrey. Humphrey. Hi, Humphrey. Nice to see you. <laughs> oh, and my kid's down here on the floor. Hold on. I love I love pets. <laughs> Actually, uh, in June, I am moving into uh, with three cats. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cat so you're, Cat Stevens you're and... moving from your place to a new yeah. place. To a new place, yes, uh, with uh, my fiance, and she has three cats. Or we have three cats now, actually, as it, as it were. So. And are you moving to a, uh, a, a different town? Uh, yes. And I currently reside in Bordentown. I'm moving to Freehold. Okay, I just need exits. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no. I'm, no, that that actually that actually is a is a is a is a thing for uh, you, Tyson, in, in uh, Jersey. It matters what exit you get off of. You literally, when you're on the on the Parkway, not so much a Turnpike, but when you're on the Parkway, depending on what exit uh, you get off of, you will literally be judged by a ton of people who you don't even know and. People that do know you, like, oh, he's getting off exit 117. You know, he's a down the shore dirt bag, you know, or, or, you know, if you're, God forbid, come from Kingsburg, like I do and JMU's does, you're like fucking Kingsburg riffraff. So, I mean, even like, even like Kevin Smith came from the Highlands. So if you're from like the Highlands, you are like considered poor white trash. But if you're from Atlantic Highlands, you're like upper middle class. It's, it, it's the weirdest thing. Yes, and and I and people judge you by what exit you're from. Correct, uh, but it's just like it's it's in a crazy uh, Jersey's. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful state. It's the Garden State. Thank you, thank you. And yeah, and I I was the last time I was there was maybe four or five years ago, and it was my for my aunt's um, funeral hmm. in Red Bank, and I was like, oh, maybe I should stop into the comic book store, and it's like, no, I'm here. <laughs> you know, yeah, go see uh, East Coast uh, Marty. Yeah, my uh, no. my office is in guy. Mike, Mike actually. Mike Nolan says by the way. Oh no, uh, yeah, she, yes, likewise. Uh, but yeah, my my office is in Red Bank. Oh, so yeah. and in fact, my new uh, Sunday tradition is because I used to live in Kingsburg, obviously, which is like ten minutes from Red Bank. So when I moved to Bordentown, that's an hour from Red Bank. So it's luckily I don't have to go to my office every single day, but. Since my fiance lives halfway from, you know, here to, to Red Bank or whatever have you, that's why every Sunday I do go to the stash. So I've been I've been like a real regular again. It's it's been really cool. Of course Sunday Jeff is there, yeah, and his cousin's there, so you know. Oh yeah, Sunday Mike Jeff. is usually there on Yeah, Sunday Jeff, so yeah, you know, you should you should try to get in on that uh, a shared universe podcast thing that they got going. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Well, I don't know how hard Mike it is does. To, sorry, go ahead. 
Well, Mike does work on Saturdays, so if I can find a time to get over there on Saturdays, I can always ask him about it. Yeah, definitely. It would be amazing. We could get some kind of a crossover going, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But just it would yeah. just be, I mean, you've got access to the area, so you get to just kind of like, it, it's almost, to me, it feels like it would be like living next door to Disneyland at some level. It's like, oh, yeah, I can yeah, go dude. wherever I want. <laughs> it's, it's there, it's there. There's a mountain high people on the Matterhorn. <laughs> well, especially when I move the Freehold. Hmm? Especially when I move the Freehold. That's only like 20 minutes from Red Bank. So all that stuff will be now even more accessible than it was before. So, so you're looking forward to it? Hell yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live in a stash, yo. Yeah, but the cats... Yeah, yeah, the cats, the cats. We got we got three of them. Oh, do you not like cats? Or? No, I love cat. I love cats. I've had cats growing up, but three. I mean, I've always had more dogs than cats, but you know, she's a cat person, so hmm. cat people putting out the fire. <laughs> and have you figured out where you're going to put all your stuff? Uh, yeah, it's all it's all going with me. Right, but I well, mean, I know stuff, it's all going with you, but some but, some stuff will be left behind here, so. Oh, see, I, good. see, it's easy because I can just go through the magical portal, the big door there, and then I'm I'm somewhere where there's a lot more room. Well, that's it's called Narnia. Yeah, um, it's yeah. called Narnia. Actually, I keep yarn in there mostly. Yarnia. I got I'm a sorry. lot of yarn. It is a yarnia kind of. Well, the 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 thing about it is, yarn right over so there. this is this is a this is a one bedroom pad is what we're moving into, but it has. Obviously, it has a uh, a washer, dryer, dishwasher, all that stuff I requested. And, of course, it has what could either be like a formal dining room or a den or, you know, whatever you want to have or, you know, your common living room or formal living room, whatever. It's not going to have that since I'm taking it over as my podcast studio. So, so, so I, will have, I will have that room. So you're moving into a new place together. So neither of you have lived there. Correct. Well, that, I think that is a good. Uh, that's a good plan, and that's what my wife and I did. We we moved into a, a new place together. Nice. And that way, that way, nobody can be like, "What are you doing? Why are you putting that stuff there?" And I think that's a nice. That's a good starting point. I think. Exactly. Especially before you get married. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, how how long have you been married now, Marty? Thirty-five years. Holy shit! That's like that's like my lifespan, just about. Uh, no, three, uh, two and a half years. Oh, two and a half years. Yeah, I got married late. I got married late. Um, yeah, I, I procreated. I'm actually, late. I'm actually uh, working on wife number two actually right now. So, and this is the last one for me because I'm like 38 years old, so I'm not going through oh. that. Shit. Again. You might as well die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the, this one right here, um, this is it for me. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this shit again. So, I'm husband number two. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm very grateful. I, I had no wife until I was 48. So, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Here I am. Congratulations. It's a, it's really, yes. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's these phases in our lives where they really kind of like give us perspective on the rest of the life or the previous part of the life where it's like, so this is me now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, and it's not a problem that she had seven husbands before me and that's fine. <laughs> um, she's, <laughs> she's a lot younger than me. She's 23, oh. but I think it's really going to work out. So oh. I'm, I'm very excited. Awesome. 
Uh, are you are you serious on the age part? No, I'm not serious on anything. He's very he's oh, got a very shit. dry sense of humor. It's because great. because uh, Hunter only I, I, only I don't... because o- only because uh, <laughs> you know it, if it was the truth I wouldn't feel so bad because sometimes because I am 38 years old and my fiance is in fact 30. So she was 28 or 29 since, and and sometimes I feel like I'm robbing the cradle here. Oh, eight, you know what I mean? So eight years difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Oh, like, yeah. there's six years you between know, my wife and I. Yeah. yeah, no, there's seven years between my wife and me, and yeah. Okay, good. Wow. Yeah. Now I feel now I feel better. Six, seven, yeah. eight. But not like. 20 years <laughs> or 27 years yeah that that would be a little uh, a little creepy yeah um you know i don't know it happens <laughs> it's hard to say i mean it's, i mean it's actually it's, actually it is it, actually it is a trend i heard where younger women are starting to date older guys i, I think it's it happens all the time i mean there's back in 1998 i read a poem about the trend in movies for um uh, to, to where the, the leading men and the actresses were getting further and further apart in age, like uh, like in A Perfect Murder, Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, there's that big, yeah. big thing. Uh, Harrison Ford and Anne Heche in Six Days, Seven Nights. These are all around the same time period. It's like 96 or something, 96, 97. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I think that's a reflection more on Hollywood than it is on real life. Oh, but absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, it was just yeah. something that's like, going, I don't know, because somebody noticed, I'm like, oh, yeah, it is happening a lot. And it's like, well, what did, well, well, I guess it's just a thing. Uh, it's not like when, you know, it's not like when they're like, oh, this studio is making a movie about Robin Hood. We, we need to make one, too. It's like, it's like, oh, you know, it's older man, younger woman. We need one of those. It's not like, probably not the same thing yeah i don't i don't care what anyone says people need to stop talking shit about robert uh robert costner's uh uh f-ing robin hood that was a shit Ro- robert costner who's that kevin. yeah what, 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 kevin kevin costner oh that guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well that, now you that shit all the hell now you've got pete davidson with uh kate beckinsale oh yeah that's right she was with len wiseman for a long time like they made mm-hmm. movies together, the Underworld movies and stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, they made Total Recall together. Were they split up by that part point? Or I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, know. don't know. I'm not into the goss. She she doesn't return my calls, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe if you stop stalking her, she'll you know. I'm I'm broadcasting in her dining room right now, oh, and I'm God. like, what? Where is she? And why do the Cops keep coming by. <laughs> so the sirens we were hearing earlier actually were coming from Marty's stream. You see, that's what that's. Ixnay on the oops. iron say. Oops. Uh, oops. Hey. Um. So so let's see. Um. Nooner. Ding dong. Chop. Star Wars holiday special. Thugs are going to stand. Um. What are, is Ding Dong Chop? Something that's happening regularly because I honestly have my listenership has fallen off, and I I, I apologize for that. Uh, oh no no that 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 is uh, partly in me and and we have uh I have several that I, I have just not released yet and okay. this this is uh the food podcast I'm doing mm-hmm. and uh with uh, my friend Steve Kruger <laughs> and we we have many more to do and we want to do videos and so yeah it, it's it's something that that is right on the horizon I, I'm just 
it's just it's it's hard to I, i'm sure you guys encounter this a lot of like it's like just hard to keep doing stuff you know and like because life happens life know? happens that's very true that's kind life of happens. our motto on the show is pretty much life happens more or yeah less. Yep, yep and then yep. like and you look at the people who uh i mean it, it's amazing that people can make a living off of doing this uh like i I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube people that that do incredible things, um, but it's it's just a it requires a lot of work and a lot of faith and and um, content and content, content and yep. and that it's hard to, that just requires time, time. and time is, is in short supply. Ah, never. Seen but the wise, <laughs> the wise, the wise podcaster knows that everything in life is content. Sure, that's why sure. I have cameras on me all the time um never seems to be enough time to do the things you want to do once you find them That's yeah true. but i hope tyson that you are chronicling every minute of your child's your son's life and like putting it streaming it monetizing it and you know creating uh, a swag and t-shirts and hats and you know because he well, deserves that well i will now i mean yeah no, I have been. I've been definitely taking a lot of uh, video of him, like um, just kind of, you know, doing his tummy time, yeah, basically. And, but for you, <laughs> right? For me, yeah. And audio. I make a lot of audio of like uh, he's been start. He's starting to vocalize a bit now. So like, um, that's so exciting. It's almost that's words. Awesome. It's almost words. And he's so quiet most of the time. He's such a well-behaved. Uh, well, if person. he would shut up yeah. just for like ten seconds, maybe he would get in a word edgewise. It's a good point. It's an excellent point. Uh, Hunter, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was about to say that that's the future host of Antisocial Show right there. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. well, you know, I mean, Tyson are so old and uh, gray that we just can't do the show anymore, so he could just take it over. Oh, yeah. That would be good. So Jareth, Jareth will take it over, yeah. Maybe he'll yep, even start yep, calling yep. it the Goblin King or something. Who knows? There you go. And it, it, have you come up with a shortened version of Jareth? No, no, no. It's just, uh, just Jareth. It's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, my dad's name is Jerry, and uh, my brother's name is Theo. So the two kind of it's make a Jareth anyway. But it is it is a reference to David Bowie from Labyrinth. So, ah, so you it, can actually call him. Uh, you can actually call him J Bomb. J Bomb. Somehow that seems the same length as Jareth. All right, we're talking about well, a, you, you a, know, a shortening. Just call him J. I don't know. Well, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, my uh, my ex had two kids. And of course, I, you know, thought of them as my kids. But anyway, the youngest, he's sitting on my lap one day. We're all outside at this barbecue and he's sitting on my lap. And I'm like, your name is Bond, James Bond. So and and of course, in those days, he had a little bit of a speech problem. So he goes, I'm J-Bomb. So going forward, that was his nickname. Nice. That's how a lot of nicknames come about. Absolutely. And eek names. Uh, nicknames used to be called eek names. <laughs> That's true. That is that is a thing. I, I know it, it's we've all been very dry with each other, but that is an absolute true thing. It's uh, <laughs> I don't believe you, and go fuck yourself <laughs> and bleep that out. I will continue profanities and <laughs> y'all. Well, that's about all the time we have for antisocial <laughs> show. I'm Tyson Saner, and I'm Hunter Block. And I'm that fucking asshole who says bullshit profanities uh, just to make Tyson's job more fucking difficult. Um, 
Marty. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Have a good time, folks.